the truth you get the idea if I can't teach you one way I'll teach you another but I'm gonna get the job done Chronicles. I am your host, Dr. Matthew A. Young, D-Men. I'm a demon. That uh, stands for Doctorate of Ministry. And uh, I'm sorry for the long intro, but uh, if you've done any kind of live recording on social media, Facebook and stuff, it takes a minute for everybody to see that's being aired. So that's why I have a, kind of an extra long uh, intro coming into that. There's times when I do this, I'm thinking, golly, I wish you could just hurry up so I can get this going. But anyway, um, we are very happy to have with us Mrs. Hillary Lambert, teacher here in Washington County School System, and so glad you're part of our podcast. I know that uh, this is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I really wanted to get with you uh, before the month was out and discuss and talk with you about your experience, what you've been through. But um, while I'm, uh, I'm trying to find, uh, for those who are watching and for those who are w listening, I'm in the process of trying to find uh, the live link to send to Facebook so people online can watch while we're talking. So while I'm doing that, Mrs. Lambert, or do you prefer me to call you Hillary? What, what do you prefer? You can call me Hillary. Okay, Hillary. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I need the shirt that says I'm with her. There you go. All right, Hillary, I... <laughs> Where are you from? Are you from this area? Uh, so I was born in Florida, and okay. and I moved here when I was two. So my husband cool. makes fun of me. He's like, you're from here. Okay. <laughs> so. well, if you've been here since you're two, yeah. I would have to agree with him on that. Yeah. So what part of Florida were, you, uh, were your family from? I was born in Winter Haven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Uh, my uh, grandfather had a place in uh, Wallaca, Florida, there on St. John's River, and uh uh, my son's living in Tampa now, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so that's pretty cool, but that's all right. So, uh, what made you uh, get into uh, uh, teaching? What uh, what what was your desire uh, to do that? I just knew since I was little that I wanted to be a teacher. I had a teacher in um, third grade. Her name is Miss Whitson, and yeah. I just loved her. She had like embroidered vests yeah. and an embroidered shoes oh. that I loved so much. <laughs> and then she came to my house and played a board game with me, and oh. I was like. I love this lady and yeah. I want to be a teacher. So my friend Jordan and I used to, um, I was an only child, so we would hold her little siblings hostage yeah. in the basement and play school. <laughs> and so just yeah. ever since I was little, we've, and now we're both teachers. So Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. So where did you go to school at? Um, I went to Gray, and okay. then I went to Boone. Okay. And then went to ETSU. Awesome. And awesome. then I just yeah. got my master's degree. Yeah, you, yeah you online. Did, oh, you did get yeah. your master's? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. That's good. Are you thinking about getting your doctorate or anything? Um, probably not. That was, uh, I think I'm done with school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I honestly, Brandy could tell you, I had no desire to go to school, much less get my doctorate. And, um, I, I ended up with four degrees, ended up with two master's degrees. I didn't want two master's degrees. I just, I, I do a lot of counseling. So when my master's in counseling, when I went to get my doctorate, they said I had to have a master's divinity, so I'd go back. So oh I ended up getting two masters and it won't two masters, but yeah. I had to if I wanted to get my doctorate. So yeah. 
trust me, if anybody's done with school, sister, I'm right yeah. here with you. So, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah. hold on one second. I'm going to try to type this in. I'm trying to type and talk at the same time. Everybody <laughs> on Facebook will know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. Hold on here. Okay. But um, that should do it. Um, so, you know, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And... Um, uh, very serious issue. Uh, I'm glad that we can come here th uh, this afternoon and, and talk and laugh and joke a little bit. But, you know, I, just, I hate that word cancer or the passion. I despise it. Uh, my best friend Lance, I went to high school with me and him were like brothers. And he had bone cancer. And they had to remove his leg below the knee. And then they come back. They had to remove above his knee. And then it just spread. And, uh, and my grandfather, he died of lung cancer. And so uh, it's just... I hate that word. It's like every time as a pastor, uh, we have prayer request sheets here that people sign. And every time, you just believe the amount of people who are diagnosed with cancer. In fact, we had one man here that usually when it goes to your lymph nodes, it's your, that's pretty yeah. bad. But it had went to his lymph nodes. It was in his back. It had spread. The doctor sent him to Vanderbilt, said that, you know, it pretty much gave up on him. And he got to Vanderbilt, and you talk about a miracle. The Lord healed him tremendously, and he got to Vanderbilt, and there was nothing there. So that is just, you know, you hear stories like that, but then you hear the flip side of that, those who don't survive. And I think that that hurts. Uh, there are those out there who are not believers, and, um, and they get those kind of diagnoses, or a family makes that diagnosis, and they blame God for that kind of thing. And as a pastor... The only thing I could tell them, you know, and it's not to be cliche. It's not to be like, uh, uh, you know, throwing out some, some pat Christian answer to make them feel better. But the truth of the matter is, it's because of the fall of man. Because when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, that sin entered this world. And so we, um, uh, and because of that sin, there is there's suffering and there is death. But Jesus came to overcome that. But they don't, you know, a lot of people, they struggle because they're thinking, why does it have to happen to me? Or why does it have to happen to my spouse or my sister or whatever brother? And, and it's hard for people to understand sometimes. And, uh, you know, I can't, you know, yes, God can prevent that from happening altogether. But at the same time, if we want free will, we have to have the consequences that come with that. But one day, for those who are saved, you know, we won't have to deal with that anymore. But I think a lot of people struggle with that on that spiritual aspect because it's like, well, that's not fair. But, you know, it isn't fair. You know, and it's nothing wrong to question God. You know, if somebody gets diagnosed, like, in fact, my best friend Lance, he was like, you know, this, of course, this is, I had no desire to go to the ministry, you know, but even then, he was like, um, at that time, we were young adults, and he was like, why? Why does it have to be me? Why couldn't it have been you? He said, I love you, like my brother. Why could it have been you or somebody else? And I went, I, I, I couldn't give him an answer. And there are no simple answers sometimes, but other than just the fact that we have to know where that suffering comes from and who's the one who can take control over that suffering. But anyway, I didn't mean to preach a sermon here, <laughs> take up offering, and my wife's here, so get to offer plates. And, uh, but anyway, uh, so tell us your story. What how was it discovered by accident? Your 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 cancer, or is there a genetic history in your family? What uh, tell us your story? <clears throat> well, I um found out when I was 19 that I had the BRCA gene. Uh -huh. So I was BRCA1 positive. Wow. And I, I found out about that because my mom, um, she had breast cancer. Oh. But for the She's had it twice now. She wow. had it the first time 21 years ago. Wow. And um, she was 40. And a couple years, before, about four years before that, her sister had it. And yeah. she was 28 when she was diagnosed. Wow. And um, 
my grandma also had it. Yeah. And she was older. She was um she was close to sixty when she had it. Okay. But so my grandma had it um first. Yeah. And she died from it. She was like sixty one. And then a couple years later my aunt got diagnosed. And hers she was twenty eight when she was diagnosed and she was dead by the time she was thirty. Oh my gosh. She it was it was stage four, like wow. when she was diagnosed. Wow. And so then like four years later yeah. my mom got diagnosed. Oh my gosh. And um, they found that whenever she went for her, uh, the gynecologist found it, like doing a wow. breast exam, yeah. found it then. Wow. And um, so then she was fine, and um, she hers was, I think it was stage one the yeah. first time. Yeah. And she was fine, and she yeah. was good to go and everything, but then they came out with all this new information about genetic testing sure. and all that stuff. Yeah. So with her family history, she was like, you know, I should get tested. Yeah. So she got tested, and she had the BRCA1 gene. Wow. And which raises your risk of breast and ovarian cancer. Wow. So I knew that she had that. And so I just wanted to be proactive. Sure. And they like to screen you um, starting, like, if you have a family history, like, 10 years before the youngest person in your family. So my aunt was 28, and I was like, I'm kind of right there. Yeah. So I went ahead and found out I had the BRCA gene. Wow. And so then they started doing uh, mammograms and then MRIs. Yeah. And so... Like I had my kids and um, like I breastfed them and everything. So in between all that, yeah. they w- would monitor me and everything. And I was, I was, you know, done having kids and everything. So I was, they wanted me to have a preventative mastectomy. Yeah. And I was like, it's such a big surgery, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's an amputation of your body parts. Sure. So sure. I just was kind of, you know, oh, I don't know. And so I was still doing the mammograms and MRIs. And so I had a mammogram like right before school started at the end of July and it was fine. Yeah. Everything was good. And then in January, I had my MRI. They alternated. And so in my MRI, they, that's when they found it. And it yeah. was um, stage one. And yeah. it wasn't in my lymph nodes. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Wow. Now, is that, uh, do you, do, is that fairly common? Uh, if there's a history of it, that that gene is usually present, do you know? Or is that well, just... they, they said that, um, like, genetic breast cancer like when it's like stage one i mean when it's um the BRCA gene and stuff it's it's not as um like popular i guess not popular but like not you don't see this common as just in um like everyday people yeah and um it only i think like hereditary breast cancer is what i'm thinking it only is like five to ten percent of like most cases okay but um which my doctor's like, because every time I go see her, I'm like, uh, could it have been like some soap that I used or something? Like in your mind, I'm like, what have I done yeah. that has like triggered that in my body? Sure. So I've just tried to, just like for my own peace of mind, yeah. I've tried to um, like use products like that don't have all these chemicals and like fragrances in them and stuff, sure. which is like even for my kids, I'm yeah. like, I want to try to help them, you know, like not have to go through that. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I'm like, the third or fourth generation like my great grandma she had cancer too i'm like i would like to do something to stop it sure, so sure. um yeah i like to uh I've, I've there's an app called think dirty and oh. then um the ewg has an app okay and so like i scan all my stuff and yeah. like it's crazy all the things that are in products oh, yeah. and it could it could have that I, i'll never know yeah. what happened but i mean it could have had something to do with it like 
the body wash I was using is like Dove body wash. It was on an on a scale of like one to ten was an eight wow. of how bad it was. Really? With the wow. products that are in yeah. it. Yeah. And makeup products. Gosh. And that app's called Think Dirty. Yeah, so Think that, Dirty. Okay, yeah. And then there's another one. It's it's the EWG Healthy Living app okay. that has you can scan you can scan stuff right from your phone. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I know that um, there's been concern for a while now in our uh, like uh, milk and, and meats because of the hormonal hormones that they put in, in animals yeah. uh, so they can get faster production uh, if you found that app does you have you come across anything that that's showed um the think dirty is mainly just like beauty products, beauty products okay. like body wash and shampoo and stuff okay, and yeah. then the ewg healthy living one yeah. you can scan some yeah. um food products yeah and it'll tell you, okay. but it's mo like mainly just like that. I think they're trying to get more things, but yeah. it's kind of just starting. And some things you'll scan and it'll be like not yeah. found or whatever. Sure. But um, some of the, like even just like everything that you use, like the mascara that you use yeah. and all the stuff, you could scan it. I mean, it has like the United States does not have like beauty laws mm. that yeah, have, yeah. it's been a very long time since wow. they've change them like things that are banned in Europe yeah. we still use in the United States really well, I didn't yeah. realize I figured we were had such strict laws here that we'd probably be worse than Europe and anywhere else That's no amazing. it's yeah. it's really crazy wow yeah That's so amazing. Yeah. I've just tried to use like better things just to make yeah. myself look better I'm like this could really sure. mean nothing but for my mind well, yeah. it helps exactly. did the doctor say anything to do any kind of preventative for your children or anything she yeah. talked about yeah. this thing called epigenetics uh -huh. sort of like I'm, I don't know, I, I, I've looked into it, but, and talked a lot about, like, kind of, like, they'll never know what officially, like, kicked your cancer in, like, because you could have this gene and never get cancer, wow. and um, she was saying, you know, because I, I have a daughter and a son, and, like, it could happen to either one of them, but, like, I told her, I said, like, when when you're going through treatment and everything, it's like you're going every three weeks, and I had, I had to have treatment for a whole year, because mine was triple positive. Wow. So it was um, hormonal fed and yeah. just her two like extra protein that makes your yeah. cancer like do like grow faster. Yeah. So they, um, I had to have, I had six rounds of chemo and then I had to have her septin wow. for a whole year. So I just finished up this year wow. in March. Yeah. And like we were, t I was talking to her, like when you go every three weeks, you, you go and like you're getting this medicine and then you um, like, you have relationships with the nurses and things and you know somebody's there like you get your blood drawn and they're you know they check your levels so like this whole time I like when I had treatment I felt fine it's like after I've gotten done with treatment yeah. I've it's I've like like I'll, I'll move the wrong way and I feel it like a sharp pain I'm like yeah. I'm dying like yeah. that's it you know yeah. it's like I don't have that reassurance from you know like having active treatment yeah. and I found other people who like like I didn't really know anybody else who was my age that had cancer. So I went like on Instagram, I had found some other people who've had it and stuff. And like, we're all kind of the same thing. Like you, people don't think about like after treatment, like they're just expect you to be, you know, you're done, go back to your life, you know, and yeah. be fine. Yeah. And it's just, just not the case because like, I still have to take medicine for five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. I still have to go to the doctor right now every three months. And then, you know, you get graduated to six months and then a year. And then you think about all that. And then I think, oh, my gosh, I have a daughter. 
like, I don't ever want her to go through this. And so it kind of like obsessed about that. And like the last time I went to the doctor, like was sobbing and she's like, you need to just stop thinking about that. Like you're going to will it to happen. And then I started thinking like, well, I had cancer last year and then my mom got diagnosed in December of last year also. So we were diagnosed 11 months apart and I'm like, and then I felt guilty. I'm like, well, she's probably worried to death about me and she probably triggered herself to have cancer again. It's like, it's just a constant, like thinking of like, just, it's just like constantly thinking about like, but I've tried to really just like been like, I'm like through treatment and everything. I mean, I'm like, I'm just not a worrier and I never really was like, I always thought like before I was diagnosed, like, you know, I know I have this gene and every, all these people in my family had cancer. Like, I don't want that to happen, you know, and I've thought about having the surgery and everything and I actually had made my mind up. I was like, I'm going to do this over the summer because it's yeah. a big surgery. And it was diagnosed in January. I'm like, you know. Yeah. But it's it's like, it's just turned me into, I mean, like, I just constantly worry. Sure. And that's understandable. It's perfectly yeah. natural and normal. I mean, that to have that kind of concern because you probably think every, like you said, every little pain, every little twinge, mm-hmm. is this something else? Is this coming back? Is it, you know. And it would, it, I could see that definitely playing on your emotions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it could very easily dive you into depression and, and worry. And because you have kids, you worry about them too. And mm-hmm. one of them, just as you said, and we can't be, you know, I think we have to be careful about that because as serious as that is, not to minimize that. I mean, yeah. that's imagination. You're talking about, you know, you worry that if you think about it, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. kind of, I may think of Kant, I think, therefore I am kind of thing. Yeah. Know? But, you know, it is, um, you know, we nobody knows the number of days we have on this earth. Yeah, you know? and that'd be and there are people there are people out there I've spil- spoke with who have no history of cancer, no history in their family, but they live day to day in constant fear of death. I mean, they they are terrified of dying. Mm-hmm. And they, and I've had people tell me, say, how do I get past this? You know, they're just so so just consumed. And I'm like, listen, worrying and getting upset about it will not change a thing. You know, if it's your time, I mean, it's just you know. It's amazing, you know, there are those who who have a, a very short lifespan. There are those who have an extraordinary lifespan. But when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me when I think about stuff like, you know, people worry, you know, when it's their time. The freak way some people do die. You know, it's just yeah. clearly their time. I, it's just a few years ago, well, I was just right down the road here, that uh, a girl was out there sunbathing, and there was a stack of wood, and the wind blew it, and it fell on her kilter. I mean, yeah. Great. I mean, yeah. I mean, just something that. Yeah, I mean, I could die tomorrow from it, something totally exactly, unrelated to yeah, this. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's kind of like uh, who was it? Um, oh, I can't remember that. It was just I just saw it the other day. It was a rock star. I think was it was a rock star. All oh, my minds went blank. Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It was a historian, I think it was. But anyway, he kept saying that um, uh, he knew that he would die by a gunshot wound. And so uh, said he was a practical joker. Oh, who was it? My mind went blank. I said he's a practical joker, and that um, uh, and I forgot what he was known for. Anyway, he's a practical joker, and um, and so one day, I think we saw him. Well, I think you were with me. When we saw this, and my wife's with me. For those who are wondering who I'm talking to, <laughs> uh, that um, it was on something we were watching. Said that uh, he's a big practical joker. So they went on a boar hunt with some of his friends. And so he dressed like a boar to scare his oh friends, gosh. and they shot him. Well, the thing of it is, though, he would have lived from that gunshot wound, but at that time period, it took so long for them to get the help that he needed that he ended up dying from that gunshot wound. So, you know, you never know. Of course, then again, anybody dressed 
you want a hunting trip and dress <laughs> like a boar, you're, you're asking for. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a pastor, my heart goes out to you, and I empathize. There's no way I could ever understand what you've been through, unless somebody's been through it themselves. There's no way anybody can. And uh, all thing I can tell you is I would tell anybody, if they come to me and say, no, I, I've got this, and, and I'm worried, just like you are, is take it a day at a time. You know, there's something I read, and I, I, I actually said this a couple times for the pulpit here recently, there, in the Marines, there was a time when uh, sometimes they have to climb this high mountain. And they have all this heavy pack on, they got all this stuff. And to at, if they're at the bottom of the mountain, they look up, they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's just overwhelming. There's no way. But the drill instructor tells them, says, you know, you pick out a tree and you keep your eye on that tree. And when you make it to that tree, you look to the next tree. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're at the top of the mountain. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, our lives day by day, just take that day. Live it the best you can, and then when you get through that day, focus on the next mm-hmm. day. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. way, because to me, it's not minimizing what you're going through, but it helps take the focus on that pain and that worry because mm-hmm. you're just concentrating. You're not worried about next month, next year, your kid's future. You're just worried and focused on today. And to me, because I'm someone who, who has to deal with depression, I deal with anxiety, I deal with these kind of mm-hmm. things. And, um, and of course, you know, when you're married, that makes you crazy too. And I, <laughs> yeah. I can say that while I'm sitting here. But I, and she knows me. <laughs> she knows so, uh, uh, but um, that's all you can do is take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Because uh, each morning I do a daily devotional. And that's how I end every morning's devotion is live each day before your last because you never because because you never know what this it could be yeah. and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. But uh, not to get I don't uh, I don't want to put you out of your comfort zone, uh, and I hope it's okay to ask this. But uh, when you were first diagnosed, how, what was your initial feeling when you learned that that you did have that stage one? Was it was you pretty scared or was you pretty upset or honestly I was shocked. Okay, because I. I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Like, I knew that my aunt, she, I mean, she, we were the same age. Oh, okay. I was 28. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't, like, in the mindset of, like, um, you know, like, I'm just so young. Yeah. And, I mean, I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Sure. And I'll never forget it. I, I went and had my MRI, and they called me the next day. And she, the lady that called me, she was like, you know, we've seen something on there, and we need you to come back in. We want to take, you know, look at it again take some more pictures or whatever. And yeah. I, I'm like, in that moment, I just knew. Yeah. I was like, you know, what else would you be seeing? Sure. And I was in the Target parking lot and yeah. I just like started just dying, like just crying. Well, sure. yeah. And then I went in, <laughs> I went in and walked around and I was like, I don't even care. Like, I'm just like crying and walking yeah. around Target. Yeah. And so then I went back and it actually like worked out really nicely because we had snow days. So like every day I had a doctor's appointment while I was being diagnosed. Wow. It was like a snow day. Wow. So I had I had to go back and have ultrasound done on my breast, and then yeah. they did biopsies. And yeah. then they had a hard time figuring out the, if it was HER2 positive or not. Uh-huh. It came back this unequivocal, so they weren't yeah. sure. And then they couldn't, they didn't want to proceed with, like, treatment yet until they figured that out. I had to have a second biopsy, yeah. and then they finally figured it out because, like, and I didn't realize, too, until I had it, like, it's so different. Like, my, I mean, I realized my mom had it, you know, yeah. and everything. But I was eight. I, I'm not paying attention sure. to that, you know, sure. until I lived it myself. Yeah. But, um, like, this estrogen, progesterone, and HER2 positive. So, it was all three. So, then they had to come up with, like, a plan. And yeah. so, some people, depends on, like, your stage and everything. And so, I had surgery first. I had a double mastectomy. Wow. And that was, a um, oh, like, a rough surgery. It was a long surgery. Oh, and... Surgery. 
then you can't move your arms and you have these drains in and I mean, like, I, I mean, my husband, he took great care of me. Yeah. And my mom, my kids went and stayed at my mom and dad's house because yeah. I couldn't pick them up or anything. Sure. And so for like a month, I just, I, I mean, it it was a, like a solid month. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't even move my hands or anything. Finally got the drains out like two weeks later because yeah. I was about to lose my mind. I was sure. like, these have got to come out. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. move my arms. Yeah. So once those came out, I was like, I felt so much oh, better. Yeah. It was the, just that two weeks of having those in sure. was just rough. Oh, yeah. But my husband, he took great care of me. And, I mean, it was like I was a newborn. I had to wake up in the middle of the night and, like, take pe- take my medicine yeah. and do all that. Yeah. And so then they send all your stuff off. And, you know, they when you're in the surgery, they um, I had this sentinel node biopsy done. Now, what's that now? So they inject this blue dye into your tumor before your surgery so like they found the tumor and then put this needle right in your Mm. in your tumor and put this blue dye in is it does yeah yeah. it's very painful so they put that in before your surgery a couple hours before and then like while you're in surgery they do they can tell where the blue dye went and somehow see if it goes into your lymph nodes and stuff and so um my doctor she took out um, some lymph nodes to like be sent off for pathology and stuff. Sure. And it wasn't in my lymph nodes. It yeah, was yeah. like contained. But um, so then it was, it was like about a month after my, after my surgery, I started my chemo oh. and then I had six chemo. I took um, Taxotere, Carboplatin, Herceptin and Progetta. Okay. Yeah. 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 I had to have yeah. that six times. So it was every three weeks. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I mean, like, having cancer is upsetting, and you never know how you're going to take it until yeah. it happens to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, what was hard for me was, like, I'll never forget, I went, and I was talking to my doctor. I was like, so, I'm going to lose my hair. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, it just, you just don't feel like yourself, like you're bald. Yeah. You you never really, like, like I, this is what I said. I was like, I'm never going to say I'm going to have a bad hair day again. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could wake up, and it could look like anything, and I don't, yeah. I'll be grateful for it. Because, yeah. I mean, I lost my eyebrows. Yeah. My, I mean, like, you don't understand, like, you have hair in your nose. Like, I love that hair in my nose yeah. because <laughs> until it was gone, I didn't realize yeah. how important yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just that really just, yeah. but like all throughout my chemo, um, I mean, people at work and people where my kids went, to, were going to school at the time yeah. were just super nice. Cool. Like giving me gift cards, making yeah. food. I mean, I just, I could not do anything. Yeah. So to have people like donate things to me, it just yeah. meant the world. And honestly, like people who, like my friends who um, came to chemo with me and brought me food and like my mom and dad and my husband travels a lot for work. So he, he attempted to come to one chemo with me, but my port didn't work. So I had to have a little surgery to get my port fixed. And so he actually never came to any chemos with me, but he feels bad about it. (laughs) My next question though is sometimes we forget about the spouse. How did he take it when he found the news? Was he... I mean, honestly, he was, I mean, yeah, he was devastated. I mean, it's, it really, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's the whole family. Like it's, you know, it's not just everybody. Yeah. I mean, I was, I couldn't do anything. Like every time I had chemo, I never knew what the side effect was going to be. Like one time, I mean, I was throwing up another time it upset my stomach. I mean, I just, and so, I mean, I was literally just like a sloth laying around. Like, I mean, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't even take care of myself or anybody, but luckily, um, like my parents are amazing and my mom, I mean, they, I mean, she was taking care of her house and my house and all my kids, my kids and 
everything. And so, I mean, I mean, I was lucky because I know there's some people who don't have that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they were just amazing. And, sure. um, like my, I mean, my husband, he, he travels for work. So he, yeah. you know, he was gone a lot and it was kind of hard, sure. you know, but my mom would come and stay with me and help out. But I mean, just the whole like senior spouse going through that and being just, you know, yeah. sick all the time. I mean, it, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it, oh, it's, you know, it, it, wears on you. Yeah. I'm sure I couldn't imagine how helpless he felt. Uh, that's one thing when I, uh, you know, if someone here at the church, whatever, and their, their, their significant others is going through something like that. I always want to have prayers for the spouse as well because most people are, and they should be focused on the individual who's going through that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the spouse is left out. They forget about the pain they're going through, yeah. the fear they're going through, and the and the devastation they're feeling. And so I try to make a special point to kind of pray with them and talk with mm -hmm. them too because it, they're that's their world and it's you know yeah. it's coming in. But you know something you was talking about earlier uh, with 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 the hair loss and uh, and having that double mastectomy, you know. That is such a, a big part of a woman's life, yeah. you know, and uh, and so when you talk about that loss, that is a loss. That is a, a loss to be mourned. I mean, like I said, that is literally a limb being yeah. removed from. You. I mean, it you is. Know, it's yeah. yeah. It's major. I mean, it's yeah. it's. And I hadn't really thought about it before, but yeah. until I saw somebody else talk about, it, like you are amputating a part of your body. You exactly. It's a very large part of it your body. Yes, yes. And yeah. it's it was. I mean, that's why I had. I knew that I had this gene, but yeah. I didn't want to go through with the surgery because sure. I'm like, yeah. it's kind of. I feel like you know, it might not happen to me. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, you know, why do I need to do that? But. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I need to do it. You know, yeah. there was a reason then. I'm like, sure. now, you know, you have cancer, so you have to have the surgery. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a big decision yeah. to try to, like, figure out. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, I knew I had that gene, so oh, I knew yeah. to be on the lookout for it. Sure, but sure. for the majority of people, they don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, and, too, like, when you go to the doctor, they're like, you know, do yourself breast exam and, and you know, do it every month and and I just, I honestly, I mean, I never did it. Like, yeah. I mean, I do it. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, I forgot. Let me do it, you know. And, I mean, it's so important because my mom was diagnosed for the second time yeah. with breast cancer in December of 2018. Wow. And she found it herself. Yeah. Just by doing a self-breast exam. Wow. And so, I mean, I'm like, and like I'm saying, people, doctors tell you to do it. And, like, yeah. until you kind of experience it, I'm like, you know, it is important. Yeah. But everybody needs to do it because, honestly, I think it's crazy that, that, insurance doesn't want to pay for a mammogram until that's you're 40. Crazy. That's crazy. You know, the, the amount of women that are dying, there's just something I know she's rubbing her nose. There's yeah. something my nose hanging out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yeah. You just go like, yeah, there's something hanging out of my nose. She's just trying to be polite. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that amazes me with the amount of women who die from this daily, yeah. yearly, that insurance would be willing to pay for that at any point in time yeah. in a woman's life. It don't matter. There's teenage girls who get it. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, so there's, I don't understand that fight with insurance companies. That makes literally no, no. sense. And then they're trying to raise it to like 50 years old. That is, and, that's crazy. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's like one in eight people will get breast yeah, cancer that's at some point. Yeah. Now, do you recommend that for, should every woman, uh, be tested for this gene or do you think it's something that just happens that it's, maybe if it's a family history of it then maybe look for that or what, what would you recommend yeah. for, the, for anybody listening or watching I well for me um, like I talked to a genetic counselor uh -huh. and they had a genetic counselor at the oncology office like yeah. where my mom went because she was still getting checkups yeah. and stuff and so just based on our family history they yeah. recommended it oh, okay. and so I don't I you know 
as far as like I don't I don't think it's for like everybody. Yeah. But you know, if you know you have a strong family history, then definitely you know yeah. reach out to a doctor. Like the genetic counselor that I talked to, she was amazing. She, yeah. you know, that's that's what their you know job is to help you and talk to you about stuff like that. And yeah. she, they were really nice. And I mean, definitely, you know, you can ask them about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, it amazed me, you know, like you said, I don't want to, want to uh, raise that age to 50. And I saw something the other day. I can't remember where I read it at. But it was like on Google Mail or Yahoo Mail or something. Where they were, or some people were trying to go to the, to the extent to say that uh, women don't even need mammograms. It doesn't make a difference. And I, I don't believe that. I think that every woman needs to be tested because look at how many times they waited to 40 and they, they found it. Maybe found yeah. it in time or might find it too late. You know, I just, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Why people have that kind of thinking. I don't know. Well, and I, I like, I mean, I was 28 when I got diagnosed. Yeah. So I didn't know in person yeah. a lot of people who had had, you know, had it younger. So yeah. I had, I went to Instagram because I don't have Facebook. So yeah. I went on Instagram yeah. and was yeah. trying to find, you know, other young people who had it. And, sure. and I had um, just, you know, kind of like, you know, talk to people online and yeah. stuff. And in similar age, and some people were like 23, 22 wow. who had it. That's crazy. And they just, um, and like this one girl, she was, I can't remember how old she was, but she found it herself. She was saying she just like happened to like, like put, she moved the wrong way and felt a lump. Well, yeah. she went to the doctor and they just kind of brushed it off just because she was young. Yeah. And so what I've learned from other people is like, you have to be an advocate for yourself. Like if you feel like something's off, then you just keep pushing until somebody listens to you. Like it, I mean, and I read something yesterday, like it's your right. Like if you want to have a medical test done because you feel like something's off, then you need to do it. Like if your doctor's not listening to you, then find somebody who will. Exactly. That's a good point. Because like she was, um, she went to the doctor and they were like, Oh no, it's nothing. You know, just wait, wait six months and come back and see us. Well, it was stage four when she finally got diagnosed and if you, I mean, like not saying in six months, it might be stage four, but when you initially, if you feel like something's off and you feel a lump, you know, you need to find somebody who's going to listen to you. Exactly. You know, and it's tough sometimes to make people listen And, and it's tough when tests come back that say, well, you're fine. Don't worry about it because of course this is, far from cancer, far from anything you dealt with. It's completely minor compared to what you deal with. But uh, I recently had surgery in my stomach, but the thing of it is, I kept going in time, my appendix was hurting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's your diverticulitis. I'm like, it really hurts? I don't think it's my appendix. CT scan, another CT scan. You're fine, it's not your appendix. When they go and do the surgery, my appendix was indeed inflamed and they had to take it. So my point is, it's frustrating, as minor as that is, as important and major as this is, mm-hmm. for them to blow these kind of people off and be like, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, that's major. That yeah. That's your life. Yeah. That you're just screwed around with and saying, oh, it's, just go on home. Yeah. And then find out later you have stage four cancer. I mean, that's just... Yeah, you just, yeah, you yeah. have to find somebody who is, yeah. you know, I mean, and I know there's all kinds of doctors out there and yeah. my doctor, she's she's amazing. Like yeah. she, um, you know, not I don't, thank, thank God I don't have to deal with the stage four or anything, but... I mean, just reading these things that these people, that other doctors just blow people off and not listen to it, just, you know, just blows my mind. Sure, sure. I mean, that's your job. You're a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't don't get that. I really don't. And like I said, the fight with insurance companies, I know just for my wife has MS and for her to get the treatment she needs, it's... uh, it's an uphill battle mm-hmm. to get a CT or an MRI or something. It's something that you need. Yeah. But they want to find it and make sure that they get all this. I'm thinking, yes, I, I can I can only imagine all the people who are lined up to abuse MRIs. You yeah, know I, mean? I know. <laughs> yeah. On. Well, you know my doctor, I mean? when I first got yeah. diagnosed, she yeah. wanted a PET scan. Yeah. And it, my insurance denied it and said That's there's crazy. there's not enough reason That's why to have one. Yeah. 
Like, I don't want, I'm not going to show up for a PET scan if I don't want one. Exactly, exactly. Just like when I go to the doctor, yeah. it just, it yeah. cracks me up. Like, um, can I see your ID, please? Like, yeah. I'm not going to be showing up here for yeah. some chemo if I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, me and the junkies in the alley really want the chemo yeah. today, you know. Like, this is not a good time. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you have to do like anything nuclear or anything? Or, no, or? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I, the only, I just had to have, I had surgery and then I had um, my chemo and I had my Herceptin, yeah. which is a, a targeted therapy drug. Sure. And then I finished that and then I have to be on, um, uh, it's called anastrozole or yeah. something for like five to 10 years. Uh-huh. Do you have to be on anything for the rest of your life? Or? No, I think it's just this one medicine. Like right yeah. now, I'll just take is this one medicine. Yeah. And it's like a it's something to do with because my cancer was horm- hormonal or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, since I had that gene, my doctor recommended having um, like my ovaries removed. Sure. So I had that surgery over the summer. Wow. So that there's, you know, no hormones. Yeah. Now, does that. No, like again, I'm not trying to get too personal, but I ask you something you don't feel going to just tell me. That's cool. I'll talk. But did that, uh, yeah, did that, <laughs> did, or just slap me? Yeah. Uh, did, did you do you feel like your emotions because it's hormonal and that did your emotions pretty on a bad roller coaster? Did they have to medicate and help with that? Or no, you That's like it. since my cancer was hormone yeah. induced, I can't take anything. Oh, so yeah. I'm. I'm like I have hot flashes and (laughs) like thereafter I had the surgery like um I I, uh, had like bad insomnia I could not fall asleep really yeah I mean it just kept me up like I when you have that surgery and you have your ovaries removed it's like 36 hours or something that you have hormones left in your body and then after that you're in just like immediate menopause wow so I'm 30 years old and in yeah. menopause. Gosh. So, so yeah. like my yeah. classroom's freezing cold, and yeah. I had one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> one of the kids yeah. in my class, his mom was like, "Yeah, you're." He says your room's freezing, so he needs a jacket. And I said, "I was like, it's because yeah. I'm I'm menopausal. I'm yeah. freezing. Yeah. I'm, I keep it freezing, and then I have a fan I sit in front of because I'm burning up." <laughs> uh, if you're menopausal, no wonder your husband sits on the road a lot. It's safer that way. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How fun. Uh, well, we're coming. Uh, a little bit to a close here. Um, what would you? Is there anything that you would recommend for women that are listening that maybe they should be aware of, look for what they should do? What, what, what yeah, your... because I mean, like me, I'm going to be forty in like a month and a half. I mean, yeah. So I'll have to do mm-hmm. my, and I have a history of breast cancer in my family. So yeah, well, I'm definitely. You definitely need to do a self breast exam. And I know that doctors tell people that all the time, and you just blow it off, but it's. Yeah. So important because if you know you can the sooner you can find the cancer and start getting treatment the better yeah. so if you can find it you know like when you go to the doctor for your yearly checkup you know they they can do a, a breast exam on you you do your monthly self breast exams um, like definitely schedule a mammogram because something it doesn't hurt something so simple that could potentially save your life yeah. you know yeah. just make sure that you do just the recommended little things like yeah. even like a mammogram is free now i think you know i mean yeah. it just costs you your time sure and it's definitely worth yeah. it obviously i'm a man yeah <laughs> i don't understand these things now men can get breast cancer yeah. too but uh and so men need to be aware of that as well and, and not to minimize that either but now for women uh is it always a love or could there just be like pain something yeah if you it, yeah. like there's different symptoms like yeah. if something like if you're if you're like leaking or like if bleeding or like you see like your skin that's like sinking in. I think some of the symptoms are like if it's hot, 
you know, if you just simply Google like symptoms of breast cancer, sure. there's, you know, they'll, I've seen little like charts and pictures that have yeah. it on there. Yeah. Okay. And if it definitely, if you see anything like that, you know, call your doctor immediately. And like okay. I was saying before, if some, nobody wants to listen to you, then you need to find a new doctor that exactly. will. Yeah, really. And as a disclaimer, be careful about WebMD because I've had symptoms before and I've thought I've had everything from leukemia to uh, <laughs> yeah. syphilis to uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you type in those symptoms of WebMD, you're like, yeah, oh Lord, I'm dead tomorrow. Yeah, you know? it's a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. But no, but seriously though, um, like you said, Google it. Get with a doctor, find out if there's anything that uh, that any woman or man uh, is feeling uh, is, is not right. Then get yeah. to a doctor immediately. And yeah, and definitely like if you know somebody who has cancer, like any type of cancer. Yeah. I mean, you know, just the little things to support yeah. them. Yeah. Like where my kids went to school, the people who work there, you know, they sent me, and I've never thought of this before, like they had made some meals. Yeah. They sent me with like a huge thing of paper plates awesome. and like silverware wow. gift cards. Yeah. And, and then at work, people brought me, you know, they had a meal train set up sure. and people brought food. Awesome. And I mean, just, I mean, it doesn't seem like I'm a lot, but like, you know, yeah. you could cook one extra meal and take it to somebody who yeah. is going through something. It adds up because you know, just for me and my whole family, like, you know, the food fed my mom and dad and my yeah. kids and everything because, you know, they're taking care of my kids. It was like, you know, just, yeah. just insanity, honestly, sure. during that time. But just yeah. little things like that just help so much. I'm glad you said that because, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. And a lot of people, you know, um, I know right now those who are non-Christians make fun of us who say thoughts and prayers. And when there's a tragedy and, and that's a big thing I'm not going to get to right now, but a lot of people, they they're uncomfortable and don't know what to say or do. And so they say thoughts or prayers, but they don't realize, hey, you know, I can help this person. Mm -hmm. I can take them some food. Or yeah. I can, like you said, take them some silverware, you know, some plastic forks, yeah. spoons, plates, things mm -hmm. like that. So I'm glad you said that because those listening after me, I have a friend or a family member and they've been thinking, well, I wish there's something I could do. I feel so bad for them. Well, right there you go. You said mm -hmm. it. Yeah, this and gift, you know. like the gift cards that I got. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, some days I'm out for getting treatment and, you yeah. know, I'd take a gift, you know, get a gift card and go get food. Like, I mean, yeah. they just, That's awesome. just all that stuff was just so nice. Or and somebody come clean your house. Yeah. Somebody come clean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, cause I mean, I couldn't get up and clean well, my yeah, house. Yeah. If you couldn't even move your arm. No. You know, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I'm glad you said that. In fact, I may, uh, uh, when I preach again and do announcements, I may recommend that and say, you know, if you know somebody out there to be sure to help them and, yeah. and, and do those kind of things. So that, that, you know, something, it's little stuff like that. It's the reason why I like to do these kind of broadcasts because there are things that come out that mm -hmm. people don't think about. Yeah. And right there is... I mean, I would have ever thought right. to give somebody paper plates. Oh, they get, yeah. I got a huge stack and we're yeah. like, that's the best idea ever. You don't yeah. have to wash anything, yeah, you know. exactly. In fact, that's how we eat at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> yeah. Well, I've, it may be the last time I'm hurt or seen <laughs> and my wife will have me killed. So. But uh, in closing, uh, may I read a passage of Scripture and, and close in prayer? Would that sure. be okay? Mm -hmm. All right. The reason I want to read this passage of Scripture is because uh, hearing that C word, that cancer word, is so scary. And uh, in fact, when uh, there was a time many, many years ago uh, when a doctor, he thought uh, I might have had testicular cancer. And uh, then they found out I didn't. And so praise God for that. I found out about as quick as he told me. But as I got a call within just an hour after I left or two or something like that. But the, just the, that little bit of time was just so scary. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, you know, there's so much I wanted to do. There's so much I wanted to come. You know, you just feel like everything's, it's over. It's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and here you're walking proof of someone who has come through the other side and victorious, you know. And uh, so you're an inspiration to so many people that they can hear that kind of diagnosis 
and uh, and have that kind of fear that they can hear you and be like, wow, you know, what an inspiration. Maybe I can be like her. So that's why I want to have you on here because some other women could be like, you know what, if she can do it, then maybe the Lord will bless me and, and grant me that kind of healing as well. So I want to read this here in Isaiah forty-one ten. Says, "Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not with thee." I'll get out here in a second. That's all about thing about King James, the theeth and the thou with suffering thuckateth in here. But uh, for I am with thee, but not dismayed. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. So one great thing is. No matter what you're going through in this life, we know that God is there. We know Jesus is there to hold our hands, to comfort us. Even though people let you down, society will let you down, doctors let you down. Mm -hmm. One thing's for sure, we know that we have God who will sustain us, fill us, and uh, take care of us. Even in our darkest moments, we know that God is there. We have something to cling to. And uh, so I can't thank you enough for coming th th this afternoon and talking. And so that, that you may, may you never know, just like throwing a rock in a, in a pond and that ripple effect, you never know. What you said today may have an effect on a great many people that you may not be aware of because this goes on YouTube, mm -hmm. this is on a podcast all around the world. Some young girl, uh, whatever age women may be, who are hearing you today, you may give them the, the extra strength and courage they needed to go forward. So thank you. But let, let me close in prayer if that's okay. <laughs> Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And Lord, uh, thank you so much for Mrs. Lambert to be able to come here and share her story today. Thank you, Lord, for her healing. And Lord, I pray that you will put many blessings and uh, around her and her family. Give them strength. Give them comfort. Give them a hedge of protection about them, Lord. Keep her husband safe as he's traveling. Keep her safe when she's at home. And Lord, uh, I just pray that if there's anyone watching today that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose in the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, for whoever who is watching or may not be watching or listening, Lord, for all those out there who are dealing and battling with cancer, give them strength, give them peace. Let your presence be known and felt and leave and watch over and protect them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, Mrs. Lambert, I cannot thank you enough for coming and sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am.